Hello and welcome to Be Powerful with Liz and Lee. It's a new day and we're so glad you're here. So you can expect to hear candid conversations on what it means to be powerful. Live authentically, live in the midst of ups and downs, productively and above all else joyfully. We are so thankful for you, our community of listeners, and we hope you enjoy today's show. Hi, Liz. Hi, Lee. Happy day. How are you? <sighs> Happy. Happy good. on a sunny day. Sunny it spring day. We're sunny, good. Sunny, beautiful day. I love that. We are just still rolling on our new Be Powerful with yes. Liz and Lee podcast. And I love it. This is our third one. Right. We're still in the blue room. Do you guys like the blue room? I do. Yeah, we like it. <laughs> I do. We never, we never really gave them the the COVID cafe thing. Uh, the spiel about this. The spiel. Do, give it the rundown on why mm. this is the COVID cafe. Okay. Well, we needed to spice it up during COVID as we all did. You need a different place to go every now and then. Yeah. And so we moved our meals into, into here. Room. So we would eat on this table kind of over there against the wall and taken a new view when we would watch the nightly news. And it gave us somewhere to go. Right. We had different, <laughs> real remember, do y'all remember that? Having like, you know, places to go in your house? Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, let's go to the living room tonight and have dinner. You right. Know? So anyway, I wanted to say that because we didn't okay. let them know that before. So. Okay. The welcome to the COVID Cafe. Welcome yes. to the now podcast studio. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to be here with you. Me too. Um, what we're going to do is, if you don't mind. <laughs> When have I minded? Let's see what you've got up your sleeve, Miss mm-hmm. Lee. What's it's a up? game. And so we're going to ah. start our podcast with sometimes light. We'll, we don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. This game is called, and you don't know about this game, it's called Two Things. I never know about these <laughs> games. I'm not a gamer. She is. And I learn as I go. Right. So it's two things. And so on today's episode, I'll ask you two things. And it okay. can be... Anything, anything, anything. And then you ask me back. You can steal my question. You can do your own. And then next week you get to start. I have to come up with my own. Okay, cool. I'm ready. Yeah. But you're going to probably have to come up with all the games. I'm good at playing it's them. Not, the game is created. Now you just ask the question. But okay. it's my turn. So it goes like this. So all right, I'm, I'm ready. Say, Here we go. Liz, tell me two things you remember on the day Clary was born. Oh, Excellent question. The day she was born, well, first of all, I had when a was sched- it? it was on uh, July 27th, 1982, a scheduled C-section, which I was really disappointed in myself that I couldn't do that oh. basic delivery. You know, I was one of those girls that thought you had to do the whole thing. Anyway, the two things I remember is being the only person on the maternity ward that mm-hmm. did not have a baby. I went to sleep in the maternity ward, but two things I remember. Okay, back it up. <laughs> Best part of my day. They rolled me in at 7.30. At 8.01, I had a baby in my arms. Mm. And the very first thing I remember about that baby in my arms was, and I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. See, oh, I'm wow. just like, it's a girl. So I looked down and I, the very first thing I thought to myself and said, maybe out loud or maybe it was loud in my head was, oh, it's you. I recognized mm. her. And the second thing about that day, besides the fact that they had given me, you know, morphine and all those sort of things, and I wasn't supposed to drink, and my brother brought champagne, and the <laughs> nurses were really mean to me and quit giving me more tuning, so I got into some pain. But the second thing I remember is them wheeling me from the operating room back to my room. Mm-hmm. And you know how you have the babies in the real room, all the newborns? 
and the nurse held up Clary to the window mm. and I put my hand up to the window. Nobody ever believes this except the people that were there, which were my mother and my brother. And she put her little hand up, her little baby infant just got born hand sort of like toward mine. Like E.T. Yeah. phone home. E.T. phone home. <laughs> and so this were, to me, that was a, that was really one of the most spiritual experiences mm. of my life was a recognition that I knew her and I still know I knew her and uh, our connection immediately. So there's that. Wow. I mean, it was a really, it was a fun day. I mean, except yeah. for the nurses withholding morphine after I had one sip of champagne. But other than that, that's great. funny. Yeah. I'm sure it was only one sip. Okay. So she was born. What day of the week was this? What day? Monday. She was a Monday. Monday. And so when you were saying you slept in the maternity ward before. Yeah. Like when you have a scheduled C-section, you go in the night before. Right. And so everybody else has got babies and you're the got only it. one in there like massively pregnant. Just waiting. Yeah. Just, and you feel kind of embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I remember going to, they used to have Anderson's uh, restaurant yeah, across right the there. street and going out to dinner. <laughs> You know, I'm like, this is bizarre. Wait, the night before The night before I had, okay, no, I was okay. in the hospital, but they let me leave. They let you go? Yeah, this is, you know, 1982. I guess rules are different. I don't know, but I went out to dinner. That's Came <laughs> back. <laughs> Hopped mean, in the bed, had a baby. I'm good to go. <laughs> and you were like stitched up C-section. You just went. No, no, no. I'm saying the night before what, they okay. did the C-section. Wow. Okay, okay. And yeah. then, uh, you know, and then I got to stay in the hospital, which you don't get to do anymore. Mm -hmm. But I got to stay in the hospital because as all mothers know, that is your one time to get some rest <laughs> with a newborn. And she was jaundiced and um, she needed some help there. So we, she had all those treatments for jaundice. And I got to stay in the hospital and get some sleep. How long? A week. <laughs> that was, again, 1982. Mm -hmm. Insurance companies were not quite as evil as they are now, <laughs> I suppose. But uh, I did. It was fun. Okay. That's fun. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I kind of knew the moment in your book you kind of wrote about knowing her. Mm, I did. The minute she was born. I've always known Clary. You've always, always had that connection. Mm -hmm. Always. And there's a lot of different things I think you remember on a day like that. But you never forget that. Mm -hmm. I never forget the looking in her eyes, looking her directly in the eyes. And it was, it was a mixture of excitement and relief. It was a, re it was an excitement of, oh, wow, we get to do this again. This is great. I'm so excited to see you. And also a relief, like, oh, thank God it's you. Those were the two emotions I had. I love that. It was excitement and relief. Okay. Yeah. Well, you teed up today's podcast perfectly, but we're going to hold on to that because you address spirituality and we're actually going to talk about that today, mm -hmm. but now it's your turn. Uh, Two mean, things to me. It doesn't have to be that. It can be anything, anything, oh, anything. On the spot. Yeah. That's okay. how it works. Okay. Two things. Make it simple. Make it, it doesn't matter. Okay. Great. Two things you like about spring. Oh, I love that. Okay. Obviously just how gorgeous it is. The, I'm trying to think of if there's a specific flower that I like the most. I mean, I like azaleas when they're in the big clump, but I don't necessarily like the way one looks. So I'm going to go with the dogwood tree. Good. I like dogwood trees in the spring. Um, and I like, I mean, there's just a sense of kind of hope and newness and a change out of a long winter. Yeah. I don't know if we had a winter or a rainy season. We did. It's been it's cold. It's kind of cold. It's been great. Yeah. So dogwoods and hope for you know, I think everybody can say that with spring. Mm -hmm. Kind of a turning of the corner. Right. Into a renewed the, into the sense sun. of happiness into the and sun. sun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so good job on the first game. That was good. It was easy. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to do math or something. No. I'll be sure to throw a curveball yeah. and we'll do some math problems. <laughs> Just to get us going. Get yeah. us going. Um, but go back to that experience for you being spiritual about your one single beautiful daughter being born. Is that the first time where you really got spirituality? Did you feel it all your life? You're a spiritual person. I think most people who know you or listen to you know that. Hmm. Good question. Um, no, that was definitely not the first time, but it was mm -hmm. definitely one, the most powerful, powerful. That was a good <laughs> word. Powerful. <laughs> huh. Good, good. Uh, a powerful moment in my life. But Again, I think um, spirituality, let's just talk about that. The reason we were going to mm -hmm. talk about spirituality today, we've talked about, you know, rebirth and all these things. Um, spirituality, the because I'm older and because mm -hmm. I've lived a long time and I've had more ways to learn about what I am and who I am mm -hmm. as related to the divine whole, is that spirituality is a quest for truth it's really not the truth outside of yourself. So spirituality is a quest for who am I? What am I doing here and why? So looking at my baby's newborn eyes and going a recognition was one of the reasons I realized then I was here mm. was to birth this child, this mm -hmm. human. But spirituality itself, there's so many aspects of it. And we've just gone through Easter, and this is a big Christian ceremony mm -hmm. and celebration, mm -hmm. the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, I don't really practice Christianity in the traditional way. I do it in a very personal way because Jesus is my guy, and I believe that he existed, but I believe he was one of many, mm. and that the rebirth in all of us is there, and the possibilities are shown by the paths of the greatest like Jesus Christ. Right. And I believe that Jesus was the Christ, not that was his, I'm like, I'm Liz Hilliard, you know? Right. He wasn't Jesus Christ. I don't know what Jesus' last name was, but I think he was the Christ, which is the union, I believe, of human and, and God and the universal truth of us all. Does that make sense? No, no it does. No, it does. And where I want to kind of delve a little more is the difference between spirituality being the place where you can come to your higher self versus when and how and where do you tap into that Jesus or that higher being? Like where's the differentiation of yourself versus a higher need in that plane? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I tap in it right now. Okay. Through my breath. All the same? Everything. Uh, to me, spirituality, you cannot, you cannot separate it uh. from breathing, doing, being. I mean, you're spiritual, right? Right. And sometimes we're, we're our ego, meaning a good part of ourselves, which is sort of the, the brain part of ourselves, sort of our mental aspect of who we are, mm -hmm. kind of gets in the way. You know, I'm Liz Hilliard, but actually I'm a person, I'm a spirit being Liz Hilliard, uh, enjoying it very much walking through this life in this physical way and by simply looking at your own child it doesn't have to be when they're just born and you recognize right. or something but your own child are looking outside of the beautiful day we're in or even the rain or whatever it is and being present with that aspect of that moment in at any moment in your life uh that spirit um 
I think we try to do too much. We have to, we try ah. to prove too much. We try to be worthy enough. Um, I think that one of the mistakes that religion makes is that the grand prize is heaven. Right. I believe the grand prize is now. Yep. And that heaven is now or hell is now. Mm-hmm. And so I believe you can stand in with feet in both worlds. And, and we know we can see, we can be going through the, the worst times of our life at the same exact moment. We are also experiencing joy. Yep. And that may sound complicated, but I'll bet you every single person listening or watching this today with us on YouTube can relate to those moments when maybe a parent has died or someone has been hurt and then you experience that incredible joy of the love that you feel for that person or the love that you feel from other people simply caring so much for you. Mm. So, yeah, I really feel that because where I feel it sometimes is that sense of being moved, mm. right? So it doesn't have to be when a negative or a sad thing happens. It can be those joyful times. It can be your question about what do you love about the spring? That's a real time I feel the most spiritual. I mean, the earth just feels like it's reemerging. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really powerful because I, or the way I kind of view spirituality is, for me, you talked about religion and institutions. I think there's a really good sense of having faith and hope and love, but sometimes I think that gets misguided and wrongly directed to like a human person or a human Mm -hmm. institution. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think spirituality is those things, a sense of faith in the world around us and the humanity in it, a sense of love of of ourselves and our brotherhood, right? Um, a sense of hope that there is something bigger than us. Oh, yeah. And to me, that spiritual and not, I haven't been in an institution and felt that. So it's been really freeing. Mm-hmm. But also I'll say one more thing. To your point, being spiritual is being present. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always rushed kind of away from that. I mean, I think our culture is very linear and going to the next thing. And I think I get trapped in that and miss spiritual moments. But I see you do that. it with your children. Uh, You'll tear up just because <laughs> your pop will put his arms around you. Yeah. That's spiritual. That is. Right? A hundred percent. And something to be said about the institutions, and I think they can be really uh, valuable because I've certainly had wonderful sure. experiences in churches. Um, we've traveled a lot together through places in Europe. Oh, yeah. And I've traveled b- without you. And um, I am not Catholic, but... I can walk into an ancient cathedral and I always need to light that candle there. Mm-hmm. And there's something about there is a presence there of so much energy of prayer. Right. That has been in that space for so long. So I believe that's one thing that really draws us to our churches and synagogues and places of worship because there is a space there that you feel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you can feel that warmth and comfort of those spaces. Um, but I will say that about one thing about the religious spaces we all, whether you're Christian or Jewish or, or whatever your religion is, especially in Christianity, I believe, um, I think some of that's been bastardized uh, for political purposes. Mm-hmm. And this is a turnoff 
to a lot of people. It certainly is to me, but I'm older and I feel really, I really do feel secure in my, in my spirituality. But for those people that are seeking places to go and worship with people and to feel a sense of um, judgment because of whatever political views they may or may not share, that has become, uh, gosh, what's the worst word I can think of? It's, it's, mm. it's the opposite of the teachings of Christianity. It's the opposite. It is not when you judge, when you say you must do these four things and you must be, um, you know, straight, white, and whatever. Sure. You know, then you have, you, one of the worst parts of our society right now is exclusivity. And until we become inclusive, and that particularly is important about religious mm -hmm. uh, structures, whichever religion that is, until the religious structures are inclusive of all people, then they're not, they're not, <laughs> then they're fake, I believe. And okay. so I, therefore, I, I, I think there's some fine places to go, but I, I see in our society and political structures now that they are using, mm. using the, the one place where people can go and worship together. And so, and a lot As of times when they're seeking, nature, yeah. right, you need to go where other people are seeking yep. also, but don't be literally preached to about how wrong you are or how sinful you are. I think the I think the Christ on the cross with the blood. I think we worship too much about the death of Christ instead of the rebirth of Christ, and so that's why I always say I'm I'm just sort of a strange Christian. It's <laughs> one way to put it. I don't okay. know. I felt like there was a little bit of like baby thrown <laughs> out with the bathwater. Like, okay, can you be more? Baby thrown out with the bath. You feel like I just threw out all of religion or yeah, all of like churches. every church. And yeah, yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah. like yeah. What do you mean? Because I think a lot of places do tend to tell their congregations like you, you're living a life of sin. If mm -hmm. and I think in a way that's okay. If that really why? Because I think it helps people try to be better. I mean, I think there's a, a sense of grace that we're all human and make mistakes. And oh, so well, you different. have an opportunity to, you know, retry and re-wake up every day with a pure heart. So I just want to make sure that's not what you were Well, that's totally different. Talking about. Because okay. sin, at least the way I define sin, mm -hmm. to me, sin is just simply away from God. Got just, it. There's being in alignment with God, mm -hmm. and then there's being out of alignment with God. And that's just the way I think I'm probably not the yeah. only one that thinks that, but if you say sin is smoking cigarettes or going to movies on Sunday, which by the way, I came up in the first Baptist <laughs> Church of Concord. And you, if you went to, you were going to go to hell if yeah. you um, went to the movies or to the racetrack on That's Sunday. Hilarious. And look, it's changed. And, and remember when the Catholics couldn't eat meat on Friday and now they can. No, the, these are, these are interesting. Oh, that's still a thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought they changed the rule. I, I mean, anyway, I wasn't trying to know that still happens. It doesn't Whatever. matter. The, my point is these are man-made rules for, Correct. for, you know, ways to, to be religious. So you, we, you asked me a minute ago to be specific. I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I want religious institutions and faith-based places to be places of love, security, comfort, 
and help mm-hmm. to all of us that are stretching ourselves to see what's more besides me. You know, maybe it's the first time you've ever asked, what is there beyond my life? What, you know, what's after this or what's more than who I am? I think we all have that that universal question at different times in our lives. Right. Therefore, you need a place or people to go to to help you. Well, what I've seen, I've I've seen, I think many of us have seen, is uh, some of the greatest churches in, at least that in in America, have been taken over by a, a political far right. And I say that because, and if it was the far left, I'd say that too. It's sure. it's not being political. It's just they're saying, you know, if you, you know, if you are gay or you're even gonna be nice to gay people, you need to come. You need to convert them. Meaning they're judging people on their own spiritual path, not including them. And they would say that they were, right. but they'll include them in order to change them until we begin to respect and um, honor, I think, all paths, knowing that there are boundaries um, to those paths. We do not accept and we do judge people that murder or maim or hurt or, you know, hurt people. That is not acceptable. But that's Jesus's teachings. If you just simply go back to Jesus's teachings, you you hear it all. It's all right there. Right. Well, that, that helps me understand. I think that really cleared it up on on what you were saying. And I think that's important. And I think wherever you go, if it's a place where you feel so moved to share more love, then that's a good place. Right. But I, I, but also love that, um, some people like, for instance, uh, when I was a model and and I've talked to him about him before, one of my favorite people, um, was a gay guy who, and this was the 80s, 90s, came out during AIDS, and his partner died of um, AIDS. Mm-hmm. And he came out because he was in, he was traumatized and, and just in, oh, God, he was in pain because we were going through it when this guy was dying. And he still was a devout Catholic. And I, I asked him, and I didn't know anything. I mean, I was young. I didn't know anything about any right. religion or anything. And I said, how is it that you're a devout Catholic? Aren't they exclusive of people that are gay? And he said, I know God is in there. Right. I just have to do it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Teared you up. And I think that's... Those are those moments. But you remember, so so that's when love wins. Mm. So, yeah, I get... Yeah. When you have moments of grace where you feel... Cause I still remember him, you know, yeah, and how hard it was for him to come out in the eighties because he was this gorgeous male model, and all the women loved him, and he was in the closet, and then his partner was dying, and he needed support, so he That's... came out, and it was my first experience with that, mm-hmm. and and but I was like, wow, he chose love, so he he just pushed on through all that other stuff. Because there was still that place where he could go and feel this presence of God. That's so important. Yeah. And so the more the easier we could possibly make it for people like him or, or me or you or anybody Anyone. listening, the easier you can make it as a religious place for people that are not necessarily willing to change who they are, but to love them anyway and to not hold them in contempt because of their lifestyle, 
their choices, you know, then the more you are walking the path mm-hmm. of the divine. Mm-hmm. And what a powerful recognition for him to be able to say he knows there's God in there. Yes. And I think that's yes. the most important part, whatever your God, spirituality, passion movement is, is to find it and have the faith that it's there. Right. Because we are fallible and life is challenging. Right. And you need that groundedness. Yeah. And that love because we go back to it all the time. I mean, we're just want to feel love and acceptance. Love and acceptance. And it's funny because I, I, when I was a little girl, I've talked uh-huh. to you a lot about this because I came up in the First Baptist Church of Concord, North Carolina, where, you know, you're going to go to hell if you drank. Yeah, <laughs> I'm already burning, apparently. But um, so I didn't believe it. None of it mm-hmm. I believed. Mm-hmm. So I was a young baby child, little tiny child, just listening to this and not believing any of it. So I decided as a teenager or whatever that I was an an atheist. Obviously, I'm an atheist because I believe (laughs) none of it, right? So, but I I found a spiritual teacher. And sometimes you have to get outside of your religion. Sometimes Mm. you have to say, no, (laughs) be an atheist for a minute. I don't believe God's going to punish you for this. Right. Question everything. everything. And that's what you said last week. Question everything. So I remember, and I found um, a religious teacher that, not a religious teacher, a very spiritual Mm -hmm. person who made it literally, and she was, she's not a Christian person at all, but she made it very, uh, and I'm just going to name her. It's Gloria Kapinski, which I really am also very moved by her journey in life. And she's one of the great, spiritual teachers of my life. And if you want to read her books, Barefoot on Sacred Ground, and I can't remember the second one, but she's quite um, adept at explaining spirituality to people that are really questioning themselves. She actually brought me back to the Christian faith because I really loved going to the Christian church. I loved Jesus. Remember, I learned all the stories. They were beat into me with the Bible. (laughs) I know the stories and I loved the stories, but I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe that the ministers and the deacons and the people in power in the church were telling me that I was wrong about how I felt. And so not, you know, wrong drinking, going to a movie on Sunday, excuse me. No, God doesn't give a shit about that. I knew that. So you think. So I hope I'm counting on it. You're right. Well, I mean, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. But it, what the point is that I'm going to make here is she helped me recognize we're all divine. And that if we can go into a place, we don't have to believe every single thing they're saying. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to agree with what they're saying. But what we can do is we're, if you ever been in church and they're singing a hymn, and there's that breath in, that breath out. There's that feeling of unity. Yep. That's spirit. And unless they're saying gays are going to hell and stuff, go. Unless they're saying if you vote for a Democrat, you're a dog with a tail, you know, rethink it. But if they're really doing the best they can to preach the gospel of love and divinity and forgiveness, And they're not pointing the finger at you because you're black, white, gay, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then go because you will find that place, that, that, that community that we all need. We all need that acceptance. And if you don't feel comfortable in a church, which I actually don't right now. Right. I was going to say there's a lot. I haven't been to church because I'm really right now really tired of political 
power wielding whiteness and maleness and the and the let's just go ahead and say it the patriarchy and it can be in male and female form mm -hmm. the patriarchy is not a man it is not a woman it is the patriarchal one way might is right way and that is ruling right now our political and to me many of the religious institutions of america so therefore i opt out right but i look for a community which i'm gonna <laughs> I'm a physical fitness instructor, right? I'm not a, a preacher or a spiritual advisor, but well, a not community. by name, maybe. But I mean, you are those things to anybody who wants you to be that way. You're exactly, and in that's who place. we are. And that's what Jesus said: be a disciple. And it's not being a disciple for some cause. It's it's being it's being powerful in who you are, and being an example of love and acceptance to everyone and that's mm -hmm. what if I do that with one person in my life I'm good to go right right and that's I think what we do that's what I try to do that's what we try to do mm -hmm. so that's why I believe that I'm you and I both are fully worthy of sitting here talking about spirituality when this is not right. our framework of work <laughs> however it is it is because we're spiritual beings living and breathing in a physical body and we want that physical body to be as strong and powerful as it can be so that that divinity can be spread throughout and people can be reminded of who they are they're not just that physical beingness mm -hmm. well and I think that gets lost in the human world that we have when things matter more than feelings when being a certain way matters more than being who you are, mm -hmm. right? The car, the house, the anything. Right. When that becomes the priority above anything else, then it's hard to be spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and then you go to church and, and go, you know, if that's all you got, you know. Sure. If you're struggling. Because I think that like a habit of doing one thing to open the door for more spiritual spirituality to come in in different realms of your life, then great. I mean, to your point of question everything and try new things, you know, that it it's very simple to do one thing different, to go mm -hmm. to a different church, to be with a different person, to be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> we said that last podcast too. True. And, and that's what I... I try to be. It's it's hard. Really, <laughs> it's quiet okay. now and then. But it, you know, especially well, you do that on your own. I, I think do. a lot. It's the only way I get to sleep because my my brain, like everybody else's, that's listening, just turns into some kind of a monkey war at night. <laughs> like there's just monkeys like fighting for attention, and they're swinging through the vines. And I'm going, you know, we all need to calm down and go to that's bed. Funny. So that's where I try to do the deep breathing and the alignment with my higher self, God. And, uh, and I do all these visuals while the monkeys are swinging in the trees. <gasps> oh my gosh. I saw the visual and I'm sorry for you every yeah. night. <laughs> it's, it's life, yeah. It's life with me. I mean, I, I, I live in this visual world and, uh, in my brain, it's really interesting. I, mean, I, like I know it. it is in yours too. Exactly. We've all got lots of different yeah. things in there yeah. and, it, and it looks a lot of different ways. Um, but I just hope that everybody can, can find a way to realize, you know, what is it? that makes me feel moved, AKA spiritual. What is it that makes me 
commune with other people? What mm-hmm. is it that makes me feel on a different, higher level, higher power? Oh, can I just say that for a minute? It's that communion. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the reason I can, I mean, I love movies. God, I love movies. I even like bad movies. I just <laughs> love movies. So uh, Clary and I, you remember, we used to always go on Sundays. Now we've roped you in. Now we don't get to go now anywhere. we don't go. Yeah, but we, we watch it on Netflix. But I mean, I can really cry in a movie uh, in the most unusual mm. time. And it's sort of a communion with the character. Like, you're like, oh, I get it. Or those commercials, you know? Right. Remember people crying commercials? It's not that you're emotional. You're just sort of feeling it. You're in that communion with that that feeling or... Or, you know, all that stuff that's going, I mean, all the pain and suffering in the world and the horror that's going on in Ukraine right now. And I'll see a picture or, gosh, what's that picture right now? They got all this drollers and stuff. They keep showing it. Yep. This, these things are moving, you know. Yes, because it, it helps you see the pain, pain when it's, sometimes you're not having it. And if you have a human soul like that is true suffering that helps you mm-hmm. i mean there's not much you can do at this moment right here sitting mm-hmm. at this table behind this microphone for everyone going through pain in the world but to express those emotions and go through them the feeling of empathy with another human being yeah. with empathy with an animal with anything, with the sight of a flower or a, bl- a blooming tree, communion with the whole, right? Mm. So to me, um, spirituality requires this feeling of connectedness, communion, the way you and I feel, right? Right. Don't we have a communion? And yeah. don't we also empathize sometimes with maybe others that question or, or you oh, just point. empathize with others that question anything. Right. I mean, I almost really enjoy people that completely disagree with me because it's fascinating to me. But I can still commune with them on a divine, spiritual way because I know that we are the same. We're just walking in different forms. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, really that first two things question that I asked you that I had no idea you know, would be such a spiritual answer about that one of your first communions yes. and spiritual moments was with your daughter. And I think, you know, whether that's your human child or your fur baby or your partner, mm-hmm. that human communion connection is so incredible. Incredible and strong. Don't you think we're better because we commune together? Yes. Yes. Exactly. I love that. And and so the more we can be together with others um, without having to disagree, do you agree with me all the time? No. Exactly. Well, and that's to your point of being uncomfortable yeah. that we've talked about recently is being uncomfortable is like the deepest place of change. So when you commune right. with something, someone who is so different from you, yeah. that's got to be a more powerful Yeah experience. Yeah. That space, that, that chaotic space sometimes that, mm. that it, unresonant, is that a word? Not sure. resonant. You know, <laughs> you're not resonating with this person. Alone. What is that? You want to be, uh, you want to be in communion with that person, but you, it's hard. So therefore, what do you do? You find creative ways. And then if you can find creative ways to commune with, with really your enemy, I mean, I don't, we can really say it that sure. way. Then all of us are in a better place. 
then world peace can happen, right? <laughs> it can at least happen in your home. It can mm. at least happen with your partner. In ourself. In yourself first. Yeah. And then with your partner and your children and your family and hopefully your out, outward community. I love that. Right. So there we go. Spirituality. <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, it's who we are. And mm -hmm. I love being spiritual with all of the community mm -hmm. that my small world is at Hilliard Studio Method. And actually, it is a pretty large world with it all is. of our people all over the world that actually work out with us. And I feel responsible to that, to be truthful and authentic and mm -hmm. and real. And I and I I know that it's just it's a part it's an extension of who we are. And that's why it's a good success. Right. Let's let's live our truth. I mean, yeah. that's the whole be powerful concept of this whole podcast. So that's spirituality, baby. Hope you got something out of it. I hope so too. <laughs> no, it was fun. I think it was fun and important to just talk about it and see see where it goes. I'm glad to know how you feel. I'm glad to be here. Me too. Thanks, everybody. Have Thank a good you day. All. Love you. Love you. Thanks for listening to us today, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can now find our podcast on YouTube. Yeah. If you liked it, please share, rate, and review. We love five stars. And we hope you'll work out with us online or in studio at HilliardStudioMethod.com. <laughs>